Welcome to the Love Works Here podcast. I'm Sean York. And I'm Hannah Gorham. And we are... Back. <laughs> Glad you finished that. I had no follow-up. So how you doing, Hannah? Good. It is 2020, which oh is crazy. Goodness. Yeah. But really cool. Since our last podcast, we have had our Christmas party, right? Mm-hmm. How did that go? It was good. Both stores, they hung out. They danced the night away. It was very successful. The last two years, there was karaoke at the Christmas party for Hidden Valley. And there was dancing at the Crossings. And we put them together. And only one could make it. Yeah, so dancing it was, and a lot of people were... They showed up. Said, oh, I'm not... Probably no one's going to dance. We're not going to dance. <laughs> boy, did they dance. We said, we won't make them, but we'll see what happens. But it was a lot of fun. I would call it successful. Yeah, maybe even wildly successful. Well, possibly. <laughs> Coming up, we have our retreat, our all-leadership retreat. Both stores, team leads, and up. It's going to be... It's the first time for that as well, but I'm really excited. It's 25. Usually we do a lot of things with our directors, which is the top eight leaders, and this is going to be the top 25. I think there's even more than that. I think it's like closer to 30. What? Yeah. It's going to be awesome, and I'm looking forward to it. We have a whole agenda and been working really hard on this, and we're going to plan out everything that we're going to do for the next year. It's going to be a lot of fun. This weekend. So this is episode 13, Leaders Who Care Like You Do. And this goes back to the story that I told, I think on one of the other episodes, second or third year into being an operator, I got to meet this guy who had two stores and he's in the front of the class and he's talking to the class. And I just had to stop him and say, like, I raised my hand and I said, I just have a question. How are you sitting here with two high volume stores? Like, you're so relaxed. And not even, it seems like you're not even thinking about, like, I just can't imagine. I think I'd be stressing out. And he said... As long as you have one or two leaders who care as much as you do, you'll be fine. I never forgot that. And I always thought like, I need someone, you know, I need someone who cares like I do. I need, who are the two or three people that would care like I do? And so I always remembered that. And I always wanted to make sure that it was important. I knew everybody cared, but how do I get to to care as much as I do? And this episode, we're going to talk about building a leadership team and finding people who you know care like you do, and then fostering their growth and turning them into leaders who are really passionate about their roles. And I have been blessed enough to just join a team where there has always been like five or six people who it seems care as much as you do. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to dive back to the beginning to talk about like what does that look like when you have nobody, when you look you know to your left and your right, and there's not anybody who cares about the business as much as you do. I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this one. We talked about this a little bit in the other episode, the trust episode with the director teams. We talked about like what trust looks like, but in this episode, we'll actually talk about kind of building from scratch and saying like, okay, you want to build a director team. Who are you going to select and making sure that you're selecting the right people? And then how do you develop those people? Yeah. So whether you're calling them team leaders or directors, whatever it is in your business, that's what we're talking about today. This is episode 13, leaders who care like you do. I love my job. High volume, fast food, 160 employees. It is a pressure cooker and it gets crazy. But I truly believe that it's possible to build a business where everyone loves their job. It sounds impossible. And when I first started this business, it was. I'm not the extrovert or the social butterfly. I'd rather be building systems and crunching numbers on Excel. But I decided to stop making excuses of why I couldn't and start utilizing my love for systems to build a better culture. Today, I call it the York Framework, but it's really just a collection of systems designed to make a better workplace and make people happier. I'm going to share all the mistakes I've made so that you don't have to make them, and we'll look for new problems to solve along the way. 
I'm Sean York, and love works here. So about 10 years ago, I was working with one of my leaders, and he was a great kid. He was really smart. This guy was super smart, but he had reached a point where he wasn't really happy. He's working up front, and he wasn't giving his best, and he, he was getting stressed out, and he just he wasn't super happy at what he did. And I said, hey, if this is too much for you, you know, would you rather be in the back? And he said, yeah, I think I'd be better. I think I would enjoy it more because I'm just kind of over it. And so we put him in the back. Well, eventually, didn't last long. He wasn't happy there either. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, what if we put you at nights or what, you know, and we switched all these things all around. And at one point he said, it's the stress of leadership. You know, nobody cares. And, you know, I'm stressed out and being a leader and everyone's looking at me. And, you know, I honestly, I would be, I think I'd be better off if I just wasn't a leader. Okay, we'll mm. put you as a team member. So we changed his uniform. And, you know, then he got really frustrated because we started making decisions and he didn't get to weigh in on anything. And now he didn't. Have, so he was unhappy with that and wanted to go back to being leader. And it was really just everything. Nothing worked. And eventually, you know, we kind of, what we kind of realized is he and I just didn't really see eye to eye that much. And there was more of, of kind of trust issues between us that were unresolved. I was trying hard to find a job that was perfect for him and nothing worked, but really what it came down to is these unresolved trust issues. So we want to talk about today things that like when you have a leader, how do you tailor their job to where it's tailored to their strengths? But we first have to address the trust because if there are trust issues there, you can change their job all around. They still are going to be unhappy. So before we get into refining their job and tailoring that job to their personality, we need to talk about trust. So when thinking about that, finding people you can trust, I have a few things that are really good to consider. So these things are definitely like ground level before you can even start thinking about like who's good at what. These three things are really important. So the first one is character. Does this person represent you well off the clock? We've had leaders that come and they will do the job really well and they will show up and give their best and do the job. But when they clock out, they're a different person. And they're a hard worker that says, tell me what you want and I'll fit myself into that role. But off the clock, they're a completely different person. Eventually, if you have someone who's two different people, the person they are off the clock is going to win. And what this top leader will say to team members is, well, this is how Sean wants it. I wouldn't do it this way. But it's how Sean wants it, so let's just do it his way. And eventually that will start to divide the team. We've had great leaders that show up and get the job done, and they're very influential. But the moment they clock out, they are nowhere to be found. They don't answer calls. They don't answer texts. But eventually, whatever's going on outside of work is going to win. And most of those people, eventually when they leave, they just disappear. They're just gone. They quit. And they're nowhere to be found. And it's like, man... I really trusted that person and you know I guess I guess there was no trust there returned. So character is important and feeling like you can really see eye to eye with somebody and get along with them off the clock is very important. So the next one is chemistry. You know, we talk about this when selecting our top directors. Would you want to hang out with this person if... Because we, we're going to have to. Because we're going to do a lot of things <laughs> together. You know, all this stuff, that the fun stuff that we've done as a director team, is this somebody who, you know, we would look forward to hanging out with? And, and sometimes, in, in some cases, are these people that we're already hanging out with and already having fun with? And now that sounds really clicky. It really does. And I, I, it's important to, to say this. I have had people on the director team that for one reason or another, they, there's a conflict or there's a rift and two directors just do not get along. And when that happens, it breaks 
the table in half. We stop meeting and we've had situations where two directors just can't be friends. And I just start saying, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to pay the money, like the two hours for a director meeting, if it's not fruitful and if they're not going to be open, transparent with each other, because there's trust issues there, it's not worth even having the meeting. So that chemistry is so important that they are good friends, that they love each other, that they really have fun together is, it is very very important yeah and i mean that's not to say that you're like going around trying to find somebody who you're like going to be best friends with every single person um i mean we really are pretty blessed because that is kind of the case but there will absolutely be people who maybe you don't like click with the same right away or maybe like this person's really good at this and you're not so good or whatever it is like there are people who will compliment you and are not going to be just like you but it really is important. You talked about like, okay, if there is a rift, like, are they humble enough to come to each other and work it out? Because yeah, we have had that before where it's like, oh, this is going to be an awkward meeting. Like, I'm not going to pretend like we've always been perfect, but the people willing to like sit across from each other, work it out. That's who you're looking for. It's probably a good time for me to say that I actually enjoy having a team full of people that are not like me. Yeah. Uh, and, and when it comes to personality, like that they have different personality. I like surrounding myself with people that are more positive than me and more generous and, you know, more giving and everything because uh, it, it makes me be a better person. I'm not looking for people that are just like me, but I am looking for people that I can get along with. And when we do have differences, we can get over those pretty quick. Yep. Uh, so the next one we have, so we start with character that was making sure that, you know, this person is somebody on and off the clock who's consistent. Uh, chemistry that we can get along with. And the third one is competency. This is a no-brainer, I think. You know, if someone's going to be at your top director table, they better be one of your top leaders in the business, just at a competency level. We've had people that are at, say, the key carrier team lead level, and they want to be a director. And and you kind of have to say, like, you've got to be the best team lead on the team in order to step into this role. Because a lot of times our directors have to go up to the front, and they have to be the best. If they aren't, they're going to lose a lot of their influence you know there are some companies that they'll hire from outside my, my top director is going to come in and, and that's cool but you've got to get them good really quick yeah something that we're really intentional about is pulling somebody who's already like they've gone through our whole leadership program like they've developed in our own store and so when we make the move we'd never do it until like the rest of the team is ready to be cheering them on so we say like it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody like everybody should want this. And so that's really impossible if the people who are supposed to be like cheering at that promotion are people who could outperform the person you're promoting. So we definitely never want to put somebody in a spot like that. And we have held people until they like know the business well enough to be able to move into that spot where they're not there coaching everybody else. That is something that's pretty unique. I would say to just this York framework and on our organization is everybody in our leadership team goes through the system. And that's, that is, that's unique to us. I know that other businesses do it a different way. They, they bring leaders in from other companies. And I've seen that been very successful. But if, if we did that, I would make sure that, okay, you come in and you've still got to learn a lot of these things that your leaders are doing. You've got to be good at those. And yeah. if, if all of the leaders are better than you at some of these like core things, it's not going to last long. Yeah. Like, yes, your job really mostly office based, but you still better know the front counter and the drive through. So now that we have that, we have character, chemistry, competency at the leadership level. We have somebody who we, we feel is a good fit for you know our top leadership. Now we, we decide what are they going to do? Now that we have leaders we can trust, we build roles around people rather than putting people into roles. And that's something I say a lot. Mm-hmm. We are going to build the role around the person. So we have... Can confirm. <laughs> yeah. We have someone we can trust. Now, what do we have them do? And so a lot of times I'll just sit down and say like, okay, here's all the things that we need in the business, operations, kitchen director, HR director, marketing, and training. 
So those are the five like director roles. And I might say, hey, we have a, this training position and or marketing. And so we'll put you on that marketing role. Now in that marketing role is maybe like 30 things that have to get done. How many of the things on that list are things you're passionate about? And how many of those are like, oh man, that sounds like a chore. So going through that list, I can find out like, these are the things you'll love doing. These are the things that you might struggle with. There's a really good chance that on the things that you might struggle with, there might be somebody else on the director team that's always wanted to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so when I actually took over the role that I'm in now, it came with scheduling and I am not, my brain doesn't work that way. But before we kind of worked this whole thing out, I said like, I can't ever do that role because I can't do the schedule. <laughs> like, I love this part. I love meeting with the team. I love coaching, but like, I can't put their schedule together. I don't want to. And it ties up so much of your time. Like, I will not get faster. My whole week is going to go to this. Well, I remember thinking you had all the influence to be at the top of the business, but you had no interest in the schedule. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, man, if we could find somebody to do the schedule, <laughs> you know, I think this might be a good role for you. At the time, our marketing director was... We scrambled everybody up yeah, to make it work. Yeah, <laughs> marketing director had... She was interested in doing the schedule. And so we said, like, why don't we have her do the schedule? And then it was weird if the marketing director is doing the schedule. So why don't we call her the HR director? <laughs> But really all it was was shuffling, you know, imagine like five plates and there's every, those plates are all full and we can shuffle them around. We can take something off my plate, put it on your plate. As long as we trust everyone and everyone gets along together, then it's fun to share those things. And, you know, that's why trust is so important going into this because we are going to take things off my plate, put on your plate, and we're all together going to have fun with these are the things I'm really good at. And those are the things you're really good at. So we talked about it, I know for sure, but I am a raving fan of the Enneagram. There's Myers-Briggs, there's Strength Finders, but we are really about finding out what things people are good at and what things people are not so good at, even when maybe they didn't know that that was the case or they couldn't put words to that. Just like the way that I handle like conflict resolution, like that was a big thing that the Enneagram blew like wide open was like, I do this part really well and I need some work on declaring certain things. For the director who makes the schedule currently, she we knew who she was very like organization minded but we didn't realize like how much differently she viewed things in the business like there's a problem i need to fix it right now like she's a champion of that but we didn't really even like have a spot for her to be able to do that until we started putting different things on her plate that maybe didn't belong at first but problem solving is huge with her one of the things that's also important when we talk about customizing those roles uh, occasionally you'll have a director that leaves and they they'll say like oh i want to coach my replacement like i'm i think this person would be a great you know director to take over when i'm when i'm done and a lot of times they'll want to take their last month and train this person because they don't want to leave the team, you know, unmanned. That's great. And that's noble. But a lot of times I'll say like, I'd rather you not coach them. And that's totally counterintuitive. But the reason is the job that you were doing was based around your personality. The job that they are going to do, even if it's in the same role, like say training director or marketing, they might do the same role, but it's going to look different. And if you base you know, what does success look like based on what everything that they do, you're going to have a, a false sense of what the role should be. So I'd rather have them leave and then start from scratch and say like, you know, you've seen them do the role. What are the things that you can't wait to start doing and get them going on those things and really build that role just with no expectations, just off the things that they love to do. And so it's crazy how in their mind, they'll think that they're failing at something because they didn't do it just like the other person you know yeah it can be so intimidating because you have watched this person like succeed and do so well and like it might not be in an area that you're strong in i mean i can also confirm this one like having watched somebody do it you're like oh my gosh i can never be this person and that's true you can't but there are other things that you're going to be really strong in that maybe they weren't and you won't even have a chance to develop that if you're trying to fit yourself into a mold that doesn't even exist 
anymore. We've had marketing directors that were really good at, at doing events, marketing events, planning marketing events and, you know, setting up. And I just said, man, they're so good at planning events. Why aren't we having them set up our events for our store outings, you know, for our team? And so you have the marketing director doing these culture things for the store just because they're good at it. Whereas, and, and, and other times we've had the training director who's really involved in the culture and development of the team. Oh, they should be doing the events because, you know, they're so connected with the team. But really what it comes down to is who just loves to do it, you know? And we've had training directors who go like, man, that's just doing events is just not my thing. It stresses me out. So it really is about who would love to do this and who's good at it. And if everybody trusts each other, it is okay to swap these roles and, and find out like who loves to do it and who doesn't. And that's, it's a safe place to admit that like, I don't like this part of my job because there's a good chance that somebody else will go like, well, let me do it. <laughs> so one of the things that I used to not like doing was the month end and that was the inventory at the end of the month you got to do the count the inventory and do all these reports and i didn't want to do it and because i didn't like to do it i assumed that everybody else would hate it like i hated it <laughs> and i was always afraid to even suggest like hey would you do you want to do this because i almost the way that i would suggest it they already knew like well if you hate it then why are you giving <laughs> it to me i finally found somebody and when i talked about it you know i said hey can i can i train you to do this because i'm going to be gone this one month you know and so i trained her to do it and he did a great job. And I said, so what, how did it go? What do you think? He's like, oh, that was fun. Can you do it next month? He goes, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> and, and he really liked it. And every month after that, I would, when I would leave on the, like the end of the month, I would say, Hey, thank you so much for doing this. And he goes, oh yeah, it's my pleasure. He goes, I, I prefer to do it. You know? <laughs> and I, that was the first thing I realized, like, man, you would prefer to prefer do this. <laughs> to do it. I thought everybody hated this. You're so. not going to con me into that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, as the owner of the business, like we just, we think the tough things that we have to do, like nobody's going to want to do those. But man, for someone to say they prefer to do it, I, I would say there are probably a lot of things that you do that are, that you dread that, you know, when you start to talk about it and when you put a system to it and say, passions and chores, let's go down the list. What things we love to do and everybody come up with, here's the things that I don't love and let's pick through those. And I want to do that one. You do that one. So yeah. And I have to say, you talk about like being the leader of the business and like having these things that you either don't like to do or maybe aren't very good at and wanting to pass those on. And, you know, you you kind of always go through that same mindset that you were just talking about. Like, there's no way that anybody's ever going to want to do this. But what I don't usually realize, like, is even the people that I'm in charge of, like these things that I'm dreading, what, like putting them on their plate, all of a sudden they're so excited to do it. It's this added level of responsibility. They feel like they're really getting to step up. And so for them, it's this huge honor. And for me, it was this chore. And that was kind of how we started. We call them P's and C's at Hidden Valley the passions and the chores that's how it kind of started in the first place was me like having to feeling like I had to hold on to all these things that I didn't have to and realizing like I was robbing the people below me of doing them and getting the opportunity to try so that's kind of why we started doing that in the first place so yeah I would say if you have somebody on your team who is just disengaged you know you have to ask yourself do we have a trust issue or is it a PNC issue like <laughs> that we need to have a PNC talk like hey what are your passions what are your chores and sometimes you have to say like we want to get you in a, in a role that you're passionate about because if you can't be you can't show up here and hate your job yeah you know, that's something in our organization you can't do and at the same time you will not you'll never have a role where it's all passions well maybe that's not true but occasionally you have to do a chore or two it's yeah. just the nature of the job 
when we talk about like selecting leaders or pulling them like they are wanting something more they literally will come in like what do i have to do to be like this position what do i have to do to be the training director how do i get there they want to take ownership of something else they have all this initiative that's not even something that you mention so like ownership is important it's something that you hope that will develop but i know a lot of leaders will say like i'm looking for people with ownership i'm just going to surround myself with people with ownership and that's like the biggest thing because if you have people around you that take ownership the title of this was finding people who care like you do okay so that sounds like ownership yeah but i had a situation where uh, many years ago i had a leader who was a director at another store now he was directing the whole kitchen and he needed to make more hours he said i I live over by you and i'd like to work at both stores well i was told by his operator great ownership he controls the whole kitchen he just does a great job and so i expected that he would show up and i would get that same level of ownership he came over and he just mailed it in you know one of the slower team members we had there was many times that he would call in he'd be late he'd be an hour late i mean the the level of ownership was just not there and i had to talk to his you know his his operator and just kind of say like what's going on and they're like i don't know he's he works great for me i can't believe that he's like that with you and taking so so little initiative well the the thing is there was no obligation to me there was no chemistry there that he didn't know who i was and he didn't know who my team was and so why give his best you know when you have this team where you feel really close to them there's an obligation to give your best because they do the same for you and it's a it's a place where you know you kind of band together if you don't have that then you know ownership just disappears so that chemistry is so underrated so it's really important that we really are creating a place that top leaders get along uh, or ownership will just disappear yeah, definitely. I mean, you keep referencing like, oh, this chemistry, these people fitting in with this group that's already established. What would you say to somebody who they're just starting out? Chemistry, character, competency, where do you even start? Well, I know a lot of leaders that listen to this podcast are actually in the leadership development programs that are walking into a store where they don't have a leadership team. They are starting from scratch. You know, I like to say in our business, you know, start with outings. Whenever you go to an outing, look around. Those are your future leaders. When you say like, hey, we're going to all hang out together this Sunday. We're going to do this thing. Who shows up? The people that show up are the ones who don't mind hanging out with you and you know it's for me it's me and my family will show up and it's a good chance for my team to get to see you know who i am with my family and get to see who i really am and just my heart and the people who show up to that are i'm, I'm gonna end up growing closer with but if they're people who just don't have the time for it you know they're not gonna have time later on <laughs> right if they don't you know so that's something that actually i probably don't talk about much with my own team Okay. <laughs> Spoilers, so, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I really do look at those outings and I just go like, who showed up and who didn't? I, I think one time, are you going to come to Beach Day? Are you going to come? And they said, no, I'm actually going to hang out with my friends that day. Gosh, are you serious? <laughs> like, these aren't your friends, you know? I can't um, put you in charge of these guys. <laughs> yeah, these aren't your friends. Wow. So anyway, that's, that's really important. And I mean, I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't base a leadership decision because they didn't come to an outing. Don't, don't, <laughs> Team, close your ears. Yeah, don't think that that's what I meant by that. But just look at the people around you and look at those are potential leaders and those are people who are willing to show up. So. No, that makes sense. The character, the chemistry. Competency is like all things that can be taught later. Yeah, you can always teach. And, and sometimes we'll do that. We'll have someone who, who we think this person is a great fit for a director. Their heart is in the right spot. They really get along with the team and everybody loves hanging out with them, but they're not at the top of their game yet. They still have room to grow. And if we put them in a director role, eventually the team will tune up and spit them out. Like they're going to say, wait, I'm sorry, you're my boss. Like (laughs) we can all do this better than you can. (laughs) 
Uh, so we have to make sure that we'll hold them off, you know, and we'll say like, you've got to be able to be in a spot to where they all look up to you. You know, Marcus Buckingham talks about this case study in the Strength Finder book where businesses who have the highest employee satisfaction, highest, you know, customer satisfaction have the highest percentage of employees that say in a given day, I spend a good majority of the time doing things I'm good at. So the goal here is getting all of your people in a place where they're doing a lot of things that they're good at, or at least your leadership team. And so that is such the important part. If you want to get them to care like you care, you've got to put them in a role where they feel that they're really good at what they do and that you can get them away from the things that they're just, they go home and say like, man, I am not good at my job and get them in a place where they're like, everything that I do, I love doing and I'm really good at it. And that keeps them engaged and they, you know, with the trust, with the chemistry, with the character, all those things, you you tailor that role to them and they're just going to fall in love with what they do. And we see that in, in all our directors at the store and it's a really neat thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you, like I say every time, if you enjoy this, if you learn something, then if you're on the Apple Podcast app, you can rate us and write us a review, something that says whatever. Um, <laughs> Not whatever. So we would love to hear from you and it will help uh, spread this movement to other people. And figure out what to talk about. So if you have anything yeah, specific. If you have any ideas, we actually did the orientation episode. Because somebody episode asked us to. Because somebody in Arizona messaged us and said, you should do an episode on orientation. And I said, that's the next one we'll do. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in. This has been the Love Works Here podcast. We appreciate you very much. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> this was episode 13, Leaders Who Care Like You Do. So take care of yourselves and be well.